Oh, wow, you sent us a Sebi Payne tweet, I noticed. Yeah, he's going after Laura Pidcock. Oh, Chris Williamson, Bergen, Gardner. Barry Gardner, like, at the end there, like... <laughs> Ultra-left firebrand, Barry, yeah. number one UK Modi fan, Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, real poli- oh, wait, what's this person saying? Please could you interview Neville Southall? Why, yes, we can. We're just in the we're in the yes. process of booking the guy. He follows Jude now, so I reckon uh, we can... We yeah, can... he's been he's been talking to Jude a lot. Like, I, asking I know. her questions. Because... Literally the light of Twitter right now. Have you heard the last episode, Laura? I got, like, halfway through it at work. Ah. Uh, have you... I heard any episode? Yeah, have you, have you, have you, fuck's sake, yeah, you don't even listen to the show. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, uh, I don't, I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I only listen to Agitpod. <laughs> I only listen to the New Statesman Deep Dive podcast. Oh yeah, sorry, I only listen to Deep Dive the Spunk podcast, yeah. <laughs> the cum town of the UK. <laughs> An hour and a half about spunk, I love it, I love it. Let's go, let's go, someone introduce it. Yeah, yeah, you introduce. Sad. Tragic. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. We know who the hard left are in the ascendancy within the the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left opposition, also less the hard left, 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 the Today with uh, you know the usual crowd minus Tom, we got Jack and Yo. Laura. Banter. <laughs> <laughs> to do our usual job of tearing slugs apart. Maybe mm. talking about films if we get to it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll be talking about issues peripheral to the art of cinema, such yeah, yeah, as we've got that Weinstein thing, haven't yes, we? Yes, uh... such as being a creepy <laughs> fucking cunt. Yeah, such as being an actual rapist and trying to pass it off as sex addiction. Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. Basically, what being a producer is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's fucking gone off to like Switzerland now, hasn't he? To some, I bet. To Talk some private to some private sex addiction clinic in the Alps, and yeah, who knows? Why does if... that, that exists? Like, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> they fund it with all the Nazi gold they've hoarded over the last <laughs> decades, <laughs> and with proceeds from their thriving clock industry. Oh yeah. <laughs> Urgh, the Swiss, goddamn them. But uh, yeah, who who knows if Weinstein will be setting foot back on American soil. <laughs> like Polanski in the 70s. Yeah. He left and and he has never gone back since. Although it's not hard for Polanski to get like a hundred actors and directors to sign a letter 
saying, oh, let him out of prison. He's done nothing wrong. But yeah, it does bring to light wider issues of various people's complicity and a kind of whole culture's complicity in institutionalised sexual abuse in Hollywood. Yeah. And... It's very yeah. grim. It's almost like that's a big thing that exists while people claim that it isn't. Ben Affleck, you're a rape apology. And yeah. uh, a fucking, you know, I'm not sure what the precise terminology we should use is, but a fucking creep himself. Like, he's yeah. uh, he's been accused by numerous women of groping them and all kinds of shit, and he's admitted to it on at least one count. Like, not, not like in a court of law, on Twitter, I mean, which is pretty much a court of law. What, really? I thought it was his brother. No, Casey Affleck is a rapist uh, allegedly oh <laughs> allegedly they're just all they're just all good yeah good. it's a nice little boys club ben affleck so so his last two tweets on his twitter account the penultimate one is i am saddened and angry that a man who i worked with has used his position of power to intimidate sexually harass and manipulate many women over decades blah 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 blah, blah. it makes me sick the next tweet the most recent one is I acted inappropriately towards Ms. Burton and I sincerely apologise. Holy shit! Yeah, that was... I can't actually remember her name, which is pretty bad, but it, I think it was an actress who basically accused him of, like, groping her at a party in 2014, and then there's a video on YouTube of him doing something similar to a woman in the 1990s. Holy fucking shit. I'm just silently losing my shit here about the state of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and right. all is bad, it only gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Things can only get worse. Yes. <laughs> the Guardian reached out to like 20 something actors and directors to comment. Kate Winslet, in what was a brilliant kind of like, uh, like the sort of press equivalent of a subtweet, um, there yeah. was there was an article which was like, uh, Kate Winslet, I am shocked and appalled by the allegations levelled at Harvey Weinstein. And then the subheading was like, Kate Winslet appears in Woody Allen's new film, Wonder Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's a fucking cartel. It's a fucking... Hollywood is a fucking rape cartel. Yeah, yeah that sounds pretty fair, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and among those people was... I, I think it was Matt Damon and Russell Crowe. Matt who, Damon. Matt Damon, who was alleged to have kind of helped shut down some kind of press investigation into Harvey Weinstein's behaviour oh, towards women in, I think, around 2004. Oh, fucking hell! So, like, people have known about this shit for a while. Seth MacFarlane, who I, I'm not a fan of, and, uh... I, no. you know, I think this is this is typical Seth MacFarlane no. humour. But he basically alluded to it when he hosted the Golden Globes or something in 2013. And he was like, uh, he said, you know, something about now women won't have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that suggests that people knew about this stuff. Uh, I mean, for... people people have known about oh, it yeah. since the 90s, surely, because that's exactly what Rose <laughs> Scallon was saying. Yeah, yeah, do you want to... I haven't followed it very much, but I saw she got suspended earlier, so do you want to tell us what's been going on with Rose McGowan? Yeah, so immediately after these sort of rumblings about something going on with Harvey Weinstein had come out, Rose McGowan posted a link on Twitter to a page that she set up, essentially asking for the Weinstein Corporation to, like, fucking disband itself. Mm. Um, and once that gained traction, she basically came out and told her story about how she had been sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein and then immediately after that she went after Ben Affleck 
Ben Affleck posted his shitty fucking Facebook status about, oh, I can't believe people are maybe saying that he's maybe done this. That would be so upsetting if he had. Yeah. Ben Affleck, whose brother is, um, you know, an- another fucking rapist, and Ben Affleck, who now, it seems, is also not exactly clean himself. She basically just fucking eyed him and told him to fuck off. <laughs> and it was just incredible. She just went for the jugular, and it was so good. And it was actually, like, really inspiring as far as Survivor discourse was going. Yeah. And it was it was actually quite a, a positive thing to see on the TL, considering the rest of the stuff was just, like, depressing messages from men saying, mm, my friend Harvey wouldn't do this. Yeah. But yeah, and also the fact that she came out and she was so open about it inspired a lot of other people who had been working in Hollywood to talk about their experiences of sexual assault. Like a lot of people might have seen by now that Terry Crews did a thread about the assault that he had experienced, I think he said like last year at a party. And Terry Crews did this amazing thread about sort of like ideas of like compulsory masculinity and anti-blackness and all sorts of stuff like that in Survivor Discourse. And it's really, really positive thing to have come out of what does look more and more every day like a fucking rape cartel Mm. it looks like hollywood is still exactly how it was in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s just this dodgy fucking setup of people being sexually abused yeah they just got better at pretending immense amounts of power yeah i i think that's fair do you know anybody who like any major public figures at least who've actually defended weinstein um i don't think i've seen anyone like out and out defend him and say that the allegations are false but there's been a lot of shit that reeks slightly of victim blaming and it's the whole, oh, the Harvey I know is yeah. different. Oh, yeah. like, shit like that. It's been a lot of low-level... I'm low surprised level that our president hasn't come out. Has he? Because obviously Weinstein was a classic Hollywood liberal and he was a big donor to Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton, yeah. Uh, yeah, Hillary's come out and said this is disgusting and appalling, but I'd be surprised if Donald Trump hasn't weaponized this against her in some way because... Uh, well, you just know, Googled I mean, it uh, yeah. and I mean, CNN is saying Trump on Weinstein, I'm not Hillary. surprised. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Trump is quoted as saying a few years ago ago i think weinstein likes girls even younger than me oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh God. what a guy what a fucking guy weinstein's accused of i think raping three women isn't he yeah. and various other misconduct yeah throughout sexual and sexual harassment and a lot of the time he was kind of brokering his power kind of wielding yeah. it over these women to say you know this will advance your career if you fuck career, me basically yeah. there have been a couple of particularly vile articles that have come out in the wake of this like there was one in the new york times op-ed page which i can't re- quite remember what it was it was some kind of apologia that bastion of centrist dance in the u.s yeah i mean pretty much like if you look at it the new york times op-ed page it spans left to right but the left is like Hillary Clinton, and the right yeah. is, like, fucking, like, frothing at the mouth ra- race realists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harvey Weinstein made a statement to them. He said, I appreciate the way I've behaved with colleagues in the past has caused a lot of pain, and I sincerely apologise for it. Though I'm trying to do better. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to remove it. I know I have a long way to go. Fuck off. <laughs> get, get Actually, is anyone 
seen that the fucking chef guy, Anthony Bourdain, has come out and had a go at Hillary Clinton about her links to Weinstein. <laughs> really? It's so fucking good. It's like the weirdest source of, like, discontent, yeah. but still. Because Anthony Bourdain is dating one of the actresses, I think her name is Asia Argento. Oh, yeah, I, I know accused, Asia Argento. Yeah, has accused Weinstein of rape. And Bourdain has just gone fucking off on one on Twitter. Like, Hillary Clinton, you fucking knew this. You knew this. <laughs> you you yeah. are, are shameful and disingenuous. You took hundreds of fucking thousands of dollars from this guy and you fucking knew what he did. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so grim. I found actually the grimmest article that has been written on the subject of the Harvey Weinstein affair. And this is an article by Mark Oppenheimer that carries an editor's note. Since its publication, an apology has been issued about this piece. It's in it's in Tablet magazine. It's in the section The Scroll, and it's called The Specifically Dewy Perviness of Harvey Weinstein. Holy shit. The disgraced <laughs> film producer, the subheading reads, is a character straight out of Philip Roth playing out his revenge fantasies on the Goyim. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you shit. make of this as, as our in-house Jewish person? <laughs> um, no comment. <laughs> So this is obviously published at a a Jewish publication. This is Mark Oppenheimer. This isn't some Gentile writing. uh, (laughs) That's reassuring. From the Sturmer. (laughs) But I mean, do do you want to hear a bit of it? At first squint, Harvey Weinstein seems like a very familiar type. Isn't he the old, same old? Another rich, entitled, powerful man with a bad die job abusing his might to coerce women into sex. Isn't Harvey just like Roger Ailes or Bill O'Reilly or, for that matter, Bill Clinton? But look Mm. at the details of the case and you'll see that the answer is no. Harvey is different. Harvey, sadly, is a deeply Jewish kind of pervert. As despicable as you may find Ailes, O'Reilly, and the other grabby goyim, you'll recognise their behaviour fits a pattern as old as time itself, as trite as Fox's complaints about the war on Christmas. Men claim... Alright, this is just, like, boring stuff. Cash in, come out, is a phrase on here. Harvey did something unique, no less odious, but different. Harvey performed. He performed as opposed to all other men who abuse their power to uh, win women's trust and men take advantage of them. They're not performing at all. Now as we are hearing, whatever we want to or not, he allegedly made a woman watch as he masturbated into a potted plant. And if you want to understand this bizarre behaviour, don't look to Roger Ailes or David Vitter or Paul Crouch. Look to Philip Roth. Um, right, so he brings up the the spectre of the particular anxiety of the Jewish American man in the 20th century, craving unattainable Gentiles, but never before the means to entice them. The result is Alexander Portnoy of Portnoy's Complaint, a grown man whose emotional and sexual life is still all one big performance piece, just as it had been when he was a teenager and pleasured himself with a piece of liver. That's the scene in Portnoy's Complaint. That's not, I don't think, an episode from the life of Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is just a kind of creepy article, probably written by a a middle-aged centrist dad. Oh, it's not even that long. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is just all, like, (laughs) 
basically just quoting the most outrageous scenes from Portnoy's complaint, just saying, And what does he do to abase her? He has her perform with an Italian whore. Yes, he eventually joins in, but not before they enact a bad movie. Not Hollywood, but San Fernando Valley Triple X. And his nickname for her, The Monkey. That comes from an episode in her life, from before Portnoy met her. When a couple of sw- what? What has this got to do with Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> I'm so horrified by this. <laughs> okay, what? Well, the final paragraph then will will shutter this appalling piece. Um, <laughs> it goes without saying that nearly every one of these women, Rose McGowan, Ambra Batilana, Laura Madden, Ashley Judd, etc., was a gentile. All the better to feed Weinstein's revenge-tinged fantasy of having risen above his outer borough, bridge and tunnel Semitic origins. <laughs> but it turns out there was a Jewess in the bunch, none other than Lauren Sivian, of the Potted Plant episode. In that small way, he inadvertently broke out of the Portnoy mould, performing his inadequacies not for the great all-American Odeon, but for a woman who could be his cousin. Harvey oh God. Harvey can run from who he is, but he can't hide. Mark Oppenheimer is Tablet's editor-at-large. He hosts the podcast <laughs> Unorthodox. <laughs> <laughs> so, that... Um, oh. Fuck me, man. I'm so rarely ever, like, completely lost for words. <laughs> but I just, I just don't know what to say about this. <laughs> Oppenheimer has published a piece called An Apology. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, I published a piece on Harvey Weinstein that many found offensive. The analysis I offered was hasty and (laughs) ill-considered. Especially in light of the even graver accusations that were published by the New Yorker this morning. I take this as a lesson in the importance of knowing as much as one can about a given story and in taking the time to think and feel things completely through before opining. I apologise for not doing so in this case. Wow. So that's that then. Wow. That, that, guy's, just, that guy's just assassinated his career on the main stage <laughs> of public website. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, like bizarre. I, I don't. I, I yes. I can't. I can't even describe it. I've never seen a cell phone quite this good. <laughs> just, just like taking to like a premier Jewish publication and just basically like being like, hey, we're all perverts who want to fuck oh, all the goy women and like. Oh. Just, it's like, isn't that an, a sort of age-old... Uh, obviously, I'm not saying Mark Oppenheimer, who's, uh, who's Jewish, unlike me, is anti-Semitic, but isn't the sort of le- <laughs> the lecherous, licentious, libidinous Jew a kind of age-old trope that many actual anti-Semites have... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I'm not a bit creepy and licentious, but I keep it to myself, you know. I don't... It, it's very easy to not rape somebody. You just don't rape them. Like, I'm going to throw that out there. Thanks, yeah, yeah, for, for, for that education and consent. My two cents on the subject. Just don't do it, guys. Who needs Tablet Magazine? 
don't rape people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this lesson needs to be taught still. Well, while we're talking about fucking, like, grim stuff about abuse, oh. I was wondering if we could bring attention to an article by Andrew Spooner that he wrote oh. the other day. Oh, so this, this is our close personal friend Andrew Spooner. Uh, the show. Hang on, Andrew Spooner, Stephen Daisley, because oh, <laughs> the boy Daisley shared this article. Uh, here we go. Okay, so our old friend Andrew Spooner, the guy who mm. went to the Daily Mail about us, <laughs> got very upset the other day because Ellie May O'Hagan described us as very nice boys. So, you know, leave, leaving aside the erasure of Laura from... You're actually a very nice yeah. boy. <laughs> You're a lovely boy, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> well, just like our enemy we made from a green party said the other day, you know, go and spaff your sputton monk... It wasn't real words what? he used. Some It, it was basically <laughs> go and jizz into a sock like the adolescent boy you are. I will uh, do that right now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, this came to my attention, I think, because our close friend Stephen Daisley tweeted it out. So, Ellie Mayer Hagen called us nice boys, very nice boys, and because of that, she obviously copped a bit of abuse from all the people who spend their lives telling Ellie Mayo Hagen and Abby Wilkinson which men they should and shouldn't be friendly with. <laughs> so, <laughs> first of all, there was a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. She was like, is this man still involved in your podcast? And we were like, hell yeah. Hell um, yeah, buddy! <laughs> and then there was Andrew Spooner. He was very, very upset about Ellie Mayer Hagen praising us and was like, these men called Yvette Cooper a cunt. No, we didn't. And they called me a pedo. Okay, admittedly we did, but... Yeah, we did do that, we did do that. <laughs> we, 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 did, we did do that. However, I'm not sure why Spooner wants to bring so much attention to the labelling of him by one of our hosts as everyone's favourite centrist shut-in pedo dad a few months ago. (laughs) Because not many people would have seen it, given we deleted it pretty promptly after posting it and apologised to him for it. Uh, Not many people would have seen it if he didn't go to a national newspaper to complain about it and and, and created (laughs) phrases... In the Daily Mail, like, Mr. Spooner denied being a paedophile, and so on. (laughs) Like, you know, he doesn't have to keep reminding everybody of this comment that we apologised for, that we withdrew, that we deleted, and then our account got suspended anyway, thanks to Andrew and his mates. So it's all, you know, it's not like the tweet is there for anyone to see, unless he, as he so frequently does, posts his screenshot he took of it. Incidentally, I think that might have been one of the earliest variations on Centrist Dad. But anyway, Spooner wrote an article because people had been saying Tories weren't nice people. And, uh, you know, he can't stand for that. Spooner's a real Labour man. (laughs) He's not going to sit and put up with people saying, oh yeah, Tories aren't great people or whatever. You know, you can't can't say that to Andrew Spooner because he's the real left. He's not going to stand for that. Andrew Spooner won't hear a bad word against the Tories. Like, the free progress melt he is. 
<laughs> this is a very sort of real politic reading series episode. Uh, <laughs> okay, so basically Andrew Spooner wrote a piece on his blog, momentofcrisis.blogspot.co.uk, which I'm pretty sure used to be called Asian Provocateur in reference to the extended periods of time Spooner has spent in Thailand. <laughs> this piece is called are all Tories evil? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, Yair's done the TLDR version, but... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the answer, by the way, is yes. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it certainly doesn't mean you can't fuck them. Thank you. <laughs> That's the official real politic line. Fucking Tories is good. Good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially yeah. of their mates with Sebastian Payne. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew Spooner's story starts in the leafy depths of Tory Surrey, which is in fact where I am currently recording from. Very good. He talks about enter entering into a rehabilitation facility and the detox wing of an expensive privately run hospital, which cost upwards of £1,500 a week. You know, I'll just skip to the end of the article. Basically, the moral of the story is Ken Clark funded drug addicts to go to rehab. So Tories are good. Oh. If, 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 in case you were wondering how Spooner could pay for that expensive rehab treatment, like he couldn't. <laughs> Because the Tories, you know, did the bare minimum of social responsibility and incorporated drug addiction slightly into the NHS whilst continuing a disastrous war on drugs that results in as much jurisdictional inequality as the American one. No, no, maybe not quite as much, but it's it's <laughs> actually surprising. They're trying. They're it, yeah, it's actually surprisingly similar if you look at the figures for racial disparity and arrests and incarceration yes, yeah. and so on. We're not actually doing that much better than America in that regard. It's just probably less people get shot as a result of yes. uh, our war on drugs but, <sighs> but anyway i'm not gonna i don't like how all these people take the piss out of matt zob for being a gambling addict i'm sure andrew spooner was a drug addict however he does set a very kind of grim milieu in this story he says i'd spent the weeks and months prior to arriving in rehab in a maelstrom of hard drugs and alcohol blackouts threats associates being tortured for their stash going back years and i'd had close friends murdered a long list of suicides and overdoses corpses funerals chaos a familiar narrative to anyone associated with street drug use in london in the early 1990s homelessness was also a way of life sure there were squats floors and sofas to kip on but nothing permanent and that's when i decided to become a cop <laughs> Decent wage, decent pension, roof <laughs> over his head. I get to enforce exactly what I went through on other people. Yeah. <laughs> because don't forget, guys, Ken Clark has got the treatment of drug addicts covered. Yeah. The cops <laughs> yeah. can go busting down doors because once we've arrested them, once they've done their time in jail, we have got the facilities <laughs> for them. Yes. It's Spooner's most recent post on there, and in fact, his first post on the blog since 2013. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I did find it yeah. Yeah. so he's resurrected his blog after four years to say that not all tories <laughs> are bad <laughs> i really appreciate the lengths he's clearly going to to make friends with simon hedges <laughs> 
I reckon Hedges has been following him for a long time. In fact, <laughs> if we need to see what he's saying at any points, I mean, we've already got enough spies on his follow list, but I'm sure Hedges will be happy to oblige. Hedges? <laughs> Before I'd arrived in the UK, I'd lived in Norway since the mid-80s. Their social provision was far better, the safety net tighter. Sure, people fell through, but you had to really work hard to achieve a complete collapse. <laughs> you have to be a fucking asshole to fucking, okay. like, go um, through yeah. to suffer uh, in fucking Norway. I... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we, we missed everything up to Norway there. Yeah. You've got to be a fucking asshole. To... Oh, what? Oh, shit. Oh. What did you hear? Something about Norway, then nothing, then something about Norway. Yeah. Before I'd arrived back in the UK, I'd lived in Norway since the mid-80s. Their social provision was far better, the safety net tighter. Sure, people fell through, but you really had to work hard to achieve a complete collapse. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just there like, we go. you've got to be a stupid fucking asshole to fuck up in Norway, man. You've got to be, okay. <laughs> you've got to be a real dickhead. The counterculture, which had formed the bedrock of my life, wasn't equipped to help me out of a swamp that was of my own making. Again, if you're suffering from drug addiction right now, it's your fault. It's your, your own, own fucking mate. fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'd had enough. I felt I had to change or die. My timeline before that involved coming out of a children's home into supportive lodgings. I was only 16. By 17, I had run off and was living in a vast punk rock squat with a large group of assorted miscreants. Uh... Bullshit! <laughs> this bit is just the most blatant fucking fantasy I've ever heard. It was a great time. Nobody had a job. Nobody aspired to go to university, unlike those posh croissant munching Corbin Easters. We lived, oh, yeah. we lived on Thatcher's Dole. Thatcher, of course, having created the oh, welfare yeah, state when she came to power in yeah. 1979. In fact, you know why there was still a fairly decent dole under Thatcher? Because she had political reasons for needing to maintain high levels of unemployment. Like, <laughs> of course there was a fucking dole still under Thatcher. We put gigs on, in squatted buildings, went on demos, rescued animals from fur farms. Yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Vegan we... activist Andrew Spooner. <laughs> Andrew Spooner was one of the founding members of PETA. Or was it? <laughs> we made punk bands up overnight, inflicting a terrible racket on as many people as possible. Like, you know, some some punk bands were actually good, you know, Andrew. You didn't actually yeah. have to be bad. Being shit isn't a prerequisite of playing punk music. <laughs> this this bit is fucking great, though. I became interested in anarchism. Syndicalism. Oh. Not anarcho-syndicalism, anarchism and syndicalism separately. Oh. Situationism. Oh. <laughs> so Spooner was... Strasserism, Wahhabism, Salafism. <laughs> <laughs> Spoonerism was just... Uh, sorry, Spoon... Yeah, Spoonerisms. <laughs> 
uh, he was a diehard situationist, thumbing through his copy of Guy Debord's Society of the Spectacle, walking through <laughs> the dark streets of Paris, getting smashed on a bottle of wine and doing a bit of psychogeography. That was Spooner's <laughs> life. And he flirted with street-based political violence. Oh, wow. <laughs> I read Class War and Black Flag, and I viewed the trots with as much disdain as I did the Tories. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Spooner is a comrade now. <laughs> Andrew Spooner is actually on the ultra-left. That's <laughs> why he reported us to the Daily Mail, because he was just one of the guys who... We, we just weren't left-wing enough for Andrew Spooner. <laughs> That's why he cracked down on us. We'd sold out. We'd supported the Imperialist Labour Party so vociferously that he had no choice but to dob us into the Daily Mail. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking. Basically, I want to get to the bit where he's like, The staff in my kids' home were having sex with the kids. Not with me, oh, I yeah, hasten oh, to add. <laughs> fucking prick. He's such a prick. What? I hate him so fucking much. Yeah, he's actually just soulless. He's an evil, evil man. He's a it fucking is honestly danger. unbelievable that he can write stuff like this about his background and he can say how awful it was and how he went through so many troubles but show absolutely no compassion for anyone currently going through the same thing. I know, it's so baffling. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Fucking wretched cunt. I fucking I'm, hate it. I'm still terrified of him. Yeah. Like, still. He's fucking scary. He's such a danger, like, in the purest sense. Exactly, because you just, you, like, you don't know how he's going to react. And he just seems to have his fucking little spies in everywhere, and he seems to know everything that's going on. Like, he definitely fucking pays a PI to listen through every fucking minute of real politics. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Spooner, in his article, he contracts septicemia at age 19, and then he moves up to Norway. I woke up after my first night in Oslo with one P to my name. I stayed for almost six years. I worked in hospitals. Who the fuck let him work in a hospital? <laughs> you have no safeguarding fucking practices at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, let Spooner run the children's wing. <laughs> oh, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> I worked in hospitals, bars, as a naked art model. What? <laughs> on building sites. <laughs> Was he the naked art model on the building sites? <laughs> It's a shame someone didn't just fucking pour concrete on him and just freeze him in his space on the building site in the near. But again, there was an inevitable downward trajectory. Tell me about it, Andrew. Things just got worse and worse. I knew from my time in a kid's home that quote-unquote help helped, but only to a point. Now here is the very worst bit of the whole article. The kids' homes of the 80s weren't particularly safe spaces. Unlike you coddled kids now with your safe spaces and <laughs> snowflakes triggering. <laughs> the staff in my one were having sex with the kids, not with me. That never happens now. Not with me, I hasten to add. I was too stroppy and sharp. I'd have told them to fuck off. Yeah, you know, for everyone that's ever been abused... Why didn't you just think of telling them to fuck off? Why didn't you think of that? Because it's actually that simple. <laughs> the thing was, Spooner didn't give them his consent. Unlike wow. the rest Whoa. of the child sexual abuse that happens, which is consensual. 
Yes. Every survivor in the world, what are you playing at? I can't get past the, just the fucking wall of rage that is stopping me from having any sort of fucking response to that. I, he just makes me want to die. It's He's just a terrifying, disgusting wretch of a man. And you get fucking mainstream journalists, like, sharing his article. Like, this is such a powerful and brave piece, not an elaborate work of fantasy that's incredibly (laughs) offensive to victims of child sexual abuse, which Spooner admits in the piece he isn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, just like, oh, they just weren't sharp enough. Like, they didn't throw a strop. Like, throw a strop. Yeah, the guy will definitely fuck off. Yeah, good good call. <sighs> he continues. So, in May 1992, it was with complete astonishment that I found myself in a plush private rehab in posh Surrey. I felt like an imposter. I'd been this angry, drug-slash-drink-addled punk rock street kid without a pot to piss in my entire life up until that point. Fuck the system was a mantra. Fuck the Tories was a given. Am I right, Laura? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. By this point, you're probably wondering who paid for my stay in this private rehab. Well, any guesses, guys? Um, Russia? Was it Mugabe? (laughs) Mugabe's strong socialist policies, yes. Hell yeah. In fact, it was the government. A Tory government. Oh, oh yeah. You didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, yeah. In 1990, Ken Clark, the then health secretary, passed the National Health Service and Community Care Act. An assessment of the policy can be found here. In it <laughs> was a provision to ring fence. Uh, as actually, that's two, that's one word, Andrew, not two. Like you <laughs> funding for drug and alcohol services with money available to pay for horrible filthy street scum like me to access private rehabilitation now andrew i certainly think that's an adequate description of yourself but i think that's <laughs> everybody else there yeah. is actually fine and probably a good human being yeah <laughs> this act and the ring fenced funding it contained pretty much saved my life i've not taken any drugs or drinks since i went into rehab over 25 years ago I won't list my achievements since then, but given what went before, my present life can feel like a miracle. Oh, I hope every every vulnerable drug addict on the streets can uh, aspire to one day being shut in a pokey flat that they refuse to leave, Paul Joseph Watson style, repeatedly <laughs> reporting Owen Jones to the police. Like, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, that sounds. Uh, I loved. Somebody asked him, uh, "Did you ever hear back from the police about all these people, including presumably the Real Politic podcast?" And he yeah. was like, "They're still working on it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The cops have been investigating us, Owen Jones, Matt Zab cousin, <laughs> since July. Everybody. Yeah. And me, the supposed teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> I loved. Um, I think it was at Frank Grimes four twenty who tweeted <laughs> something like, "There's just like a million ISIS plots just at the bottom of this pile of paperwork underneath all this <laughs> stuff." about leftists <laughs> calling people melts on Twitter. <laughs> so, Spooner says, I need to return to the question at the top of this post. Are all Tories evil? 
Clearly not. <laughs> I'm pretty certain I would never vote for them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but, okay. I owe, but I owe a debt of sincere gratitude to the Tories who put <laughs> ring-fenced funding in the 1990 National Health Service and Community Care Act. I have dozens of friends who went through rehab during this period. I believe the ring fencing for drug and alcohol services, which was rescinded in 1993. Oh, who was in government in 1993? Fucking hell! <laughs> what a stupid <laughs> cunt! Like, what a oh fucking idiot! <laughs> Like, oh, oh yeah, the Tories, like, they, yeah. they helped me out. But anyone who was got addicted to drugs after 93, fuck them. <laughs> and we all. I mean, yeah, if the Tories did that, then imagine what an actual left wing government would have done. Like... <laughs> well, they wouldn't have abolished it after three years, probably. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we all owe our lives to this money being made available during that time. Ultimately, this experience taught me a valuable lesson. That government can act for the greater good. For the oh greater good. God. And that the Tories weren't all <laughs> bastards. And if I ever meet Ken Clark, I'd shake him by the hand and shake him by the dick and thank him <laughs> for helping to turn my life around. I think now would be a good time to tell you guys about the dream I had a few nights ago, which was that I was, I was like... <laughs> outside some kind of venue like there was a big crowd of people waiting to go inside i think it was like a dream version of tory conference um <laughs> which of course i frequent um i go and hang out with sebastian payne and uh, various other friends of laura's <laughs> <laughs> incidentally a certain guardian journalist was allegedly overheard at tory conference saying that he's scared that if he takes any leave if he goes on holiday he'll come back and a corbinista has taken his job so they're that shook ladies and gentlemen but i had this dream where i was outside this venue and i saw ken clark on the street and i just yelled ken clark tory slug <laughs> and he turned around and he looked at me and he shushed me oh. he just went shh and that was that that was my encounter with Ken Clark. Yeah, yeah, I believe you received an interesting call last night. I sure did. Arlene. Arlene? Arlene? That, are you there? Where's yeah, Arlene? I, I think he was saying Arlene. I was like, I, I, I don't know anybody by that name. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you can help. You see, we've just started our annual pledging drive to raise money for the Montana police force. <laughs> Click. Wow. <Yeah. laughs> Did not oh. say another word, just bye. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Hashtag blue lives matter. Did you not want to help yeah, out? Yeah, Give your fucking money to the cops. What the hell? <laughs> In all fairness, I'm pretty sure that Montana police have probably killed far fewer black people than any other police force because there's like 10 black people in the whole state. Oh, but yeah, this is the whitest place on earth. Arlene? Is Arlene here? Where's Arlene? You said it reminded you of beginning of Is It Lost Highway. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> David Lynch's 1997 classic Lost Highway starts with Bill Pullman's character receiving a mysterious call where <laughs> he, he picks up the phone and they just say, Dick Laurent is dead. 
And apparently that was an actual call that David Lynch got prior to making Lost Highway, and it really inspired him. You didn't know who Dick Laurent was, but he used that as the kind of uh, jump-off point for the rest of the movie. Excuse me, sir, would you like to donate to the Water Purity Board of Montana? (laughs) And Tim's just like... How do they know? How do they know I'm interested in water purity? And just rings off shit himself. <laughs> chemicals. The chemicals. <laughs> so, of course, that Andrew Spooner article was shared by the journalist Stephen Daisley. Um, oh. So, I mean, what do we think of Daisley, guys? He's a nice 54-year-old man. <laughs> He's a nice 54-year-old man who hates women... <laughs> and um, says really like nice things guys. on Twitter. Yeah, he says lovely things on Twitter. Um, yeah, he, really he's been... lovely. So Stephen Daisley, Andrew Spooner's most powerful defender in the mainstream media, has um, uh, let's just say questions have come to light about about Daisley and his his mm. past. Um, yeah, cer- certain certain shit has come to light, which has led me to start a new campaign. <laughs> so this is the movement for Daisley Truth. I've managed to secure a sizable amount of funding from the Kremlin in order to bankroll this important campaign. And uh, basically, I'll be touring around the country bringing the hashtag Daisley Bertha message uh, <laughs> to campuses around Britain, provided, of course, the regressive left don't know platform me uh, so much for the tolerant left, etc. <laughs> but basically, a few days ago, an extremely credible source called my office my my office that I have, and told me yes. Stephen Daisley's birth certificate is a fraud. Oh. oh yeah. Now, how amazing. The NHS representative who verified copies of Daisley's quote-unquote birth certificate died in a plane crash. All others lived. Oh. <laughs> Matt Ford of Dave's Unspun said during my interview on unspun with matt ford that daisley was quote unquote probably born 31 years ago the word probably Probably. is a disaster for daisley why won't daisley (laughs) release his college applications is there something several decades older than he claims about them (laughs) and of course the media silent when stephen daisley called jeremy corbyn a murderer and felon Jez mentions gout, and they go nuts. <laughs> Double standard. <laughs> anyway, those are just a few of the tweets that I've posted on the hashtag Daisley Bertha hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> on the hashtag hashtag. <laughs> so the story is that Daisley was born 31 years ago or something, and uh, I have to I say, I have to say that seems like a very kind of low energy story to me. <laughs> Like, it seems a little bit like fake news. Just a little bit. I don't know why Daisley won't release his college applications. You know, I I have requested publicly that he does so. He is not obliged. Mm -hmm. He's not obliged. Suspicious. Uh, Yeah, uh, suspicious much. All right. Fucking hell. Who do we go for next? Tom Newton Dunn? Yeah, and that fucking absolutely rogue tweet that he did today. He deleted the tweet, didn't he? 
Yeah, we did it, and also quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> okay. there's five million screenshots. Okay, I'll delete this, as it's obviously causing unintended offence, but I still want our monarch <laughs> to lead remembrance. The ratio. The ratio. Actually, it... The ratio was pretty fucking good. It was 249 <laughs> replies, 12 retweets, and 34 likes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, like, a portion of those likes were just from leftists liking it ironically as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Neville South Hall is still being an absolute fucking babe. If you're gay, straight, trans, or anything else, you should be able to be what you want, not live a lie, without discrimination or prejudice. Oh, Big Nam! Oh! Yeah, he's such a great guy. God damn it! come on real politic. Yeah, Big Nev, do come on real politic. Jude can come on with you. Like, I know your pals. Okay, I I found the tweet from Tom Newton. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a loyal subject. (laughs) (laughs) The kind of terminology that only, like, a middle-aged Tory man can use seriously. But sorry, your majesty. As long as you can still walk or crawl, honouring our war dead is not a task you delegate. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favourite tweets about this has been a tweet from at Copland Resident. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Dunn has defected to ISIS and declared a fatwa on our British values. (laughs) I believe I did a series of tweets, one in which I pointed out that it sounds awfully like Tom Newton Dunn, like the misogyny bro he is, is asking the Queen to, and I quote, bend the knee. God, so much for the tolerant right. And my other observation on this was the queen. The queen is a worker, <laughs> and, and I agree with Tom Newton Dunn. The queen should be subjected to the same awful dehumanising means testing as the rest of the population. Yeah, I don't really get why she gets all the special treatment. I'm not really sure what yeah. that's all about. You know, hey, I, am, I agree. I am actually workability fo- assessments for the queen and Prince Philip now. <laughs> Yeah, and in in fact, not even with any point to them, just for fun. Daily work capability assessments for Queen and Prince Philip. (laughs) Just for a bit of banter, make a reality show out of it, bring in a bit of money (laughs) to, what is it, the Crown Estate? Because that's always the (laughs) argument for the monarchy, isn't it? It it brings in the tourist money! (laughs) Tourist money! American tourist money! Yeah, they talk about it. Yeah, those Americans that fought a war to get rid of the royals and now worship them. Yeah, I mean, they talk about our fucking country's constitution and system of government like we're a fucking little souvenir shop that sells mugs with I Love London (laughs) written on them and and stuff. Like little beef eater mugs. London does look that way, to be fair. (laughs) But to be honest, I am actually fully on board with Tom Newton Dunn just refusing to accept that the Queen will ever die. (laughs) Just dragging, (laughs) dragging her from her fucking deathbed. Like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, you do not get a day off. Not you yet. <laughs> it's like, because, yeah, you know, people without any fucking legs do get declared fit for work, so, you know, yeah. why the fuck shouldn't some 91 year old lady who's probably in 
perfectly good health as 91 year olds go like care in the world yeah i mean how old was harry dean stanton when he appeared in the final series of twin peaks <laughs> fucking get out there fucking get <laughs> your, your ass into gear. Fucking work until tom newton fucking done has to drag your corpse to the senator <laughs> and dump it as some sort of ritual sacrifice to the war dead <laughs> tom newton done just like holding up the queen's corpse and then oh it's time for her to bow just bending her knees <laughs> shoving the queen's face against the pavement get on your fucking knees watch this corbin this is how you bow this is how you respect the war dead you fucking britain hating terrorist sympathizer <laughs> that was a beautiful episode uh, speaks to the bizarre kind of desiccated worldview of this strange ideological corpse just lumbering through <laughs> conservative public life in other oh. news IMF come on real politic. Oh yeah, the <laughs> wokening of IMF. Philip Hammond says that Labour poses, and I quote, an existentialist challenge to our economic model. Philip Hammond says we pose an existentialist challenge to our economic model. Well, Philip, yes, we do. <laughs> sit back when their economic model is seen. Homelessness double. Four million of our children living in poverty. Over a million older people not getting the care they need. Their economic model is broken. It doesn't work for most people. And even the International Monetary Fund thinks inequality and low taxes for the richest are harming the economy. <laughs> the wokening of the IMF. So the IMF have come out and said, you can raise taxes on the rich. Let's be real, this is the IMF. Probably not raise them that much. Uh, but you can, ra <laughs> yeah, you can well. raise taxes on the rich without stifling economic growth. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> the IMF actively backing redistribution of wealth to the poor. Yeah. <laughs> so does this I... mean they're going to apologise to Greece? <laughs> <laughs> They will never apologise to Greece, no. like, sorry not sorry, Greece. But yeah, IMF a dirtbag left now. Yeah. <laughs> IMF a rude Twitter, <laughs> as we were described uh, in our iProfile. It does remind me of what was said at that Tory party conference about the trains and how if you treat them as the enemy and tax them to death, they're just going to leave. Did you know that? The trains are just going to go somewhere else to do their training. The trains? Yeah, the trains, you know, those was things that are, you know, in the land. You mean like in Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> <laughs> the trains. The trains that are the only functional form of travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oil is now up to, what is it, $50 a gallon or something, according to Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> Wait, so they said that basically if you tax trains, then trains are going to leave the country. Yeah, just like any big business will obviously do, you know. They're just going to get up and leave. And this was in their announcement about apparently going paperless because that's what every single person in england wants they don't want more affordable trains they oh, just yeah. want 
yeah. No so. tickets. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All the all the people who don't have smartphones or don't know how to use them, you know, they're going to be doing great. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, at least for those people who don't have the basic human pleasures of smartphones and so on, but <laughs> the bourgeois luxuries that us so-called socialists enjoy, you know, at least the, con- <laughs> the conservatives might implement some mildly redistributive policy to help them out for about three <laughs> years and then cancel it again. <laughs> Classic. You know who else has been back on his bullshit recently? I'll give you a clue. Yeah, literally everyone. <laughs> That's the sound of... Train. No, no, it's not a sound of a train. In fact, the I'm not... The Action Express! The Diesel Action Express! <laughs> um, no, no, in fact. No. No, that was the sound of... A windmill. Oh! And when you Whoa. hear the sound... My windmill. <laughs> when you hear the sound of windmills beating across the glen, who is it that mm. you think of? The windmill fucker himself. Jolly and Morm QC. I'm looking for this tweet, but I, uh, I, he's tweeted so much fucking moronic shit about taxes yeah. today that I can't actually find it. really uh, back on his bullshit. <laughs> Oh, right. Jollyan's come out in support of the dementia tax. He's saying Labour, the party of inherited wealth. Jeez. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm well up for taxing property. I, I, I supported, you know, say the mansion tax. I just don't think we should tax people's wealth on the basis of them having fucking dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, Jollyan. Every time I start to feel more charitable to Jollyan, he just says something fantastically fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. I swear, that name is just a slur now. <laughs> it is. It is. It's up there it with sl- turf nationalization and not that left wing yeah (laughs) (laughs) fuck's sake i can't find it anywhere how much shite does this guy tweet a lot isn't he busy trying to fucking sue brexit or some bullshit like has he not got a (laughs) job like seriously (laughs) jollyan's always on twitter because he got his dick stuck in his windmill when he was just next to his computer (laughs) so all he can do now is tweet (laughs) did he delete it for being fucking stupid oh he better fucking not have fucking hell jollyan jeremy corbyn says he would still vote remain if brexit referendum held today yeah so that shuts them up right no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, of course not. Remember, he didn't even vote Remain first time, did he? He voted Leave as he told yeah. Martin Wapplington in a tapas bar. <laughs> <laughs> so Jollyan said, taxes are great if others pay them. Yeah, I responded to that. Fucking, Proof uh... of this adage? Ask brackets many on the left to contemplate paying tax on wealth they want to pass on. So, yeah, I think my response was, ask many on the left, and they'll be like, what wealth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a shame that our uh, mass property-owning generation is going to get that taxed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tragic. Yeah. Think, to be fair, incredible tweet from Adventures of Rob in the mentions there, inheritance tax should be 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is pretty true. But I advocate it as well, to be yeah, fair. I, I, yeah, I agree. Drill. Drill. <laughs> has weighed into the EU debate saying, please help my cousin, Bruno Thought Leader, who just has <laughs> had his account suspended for threatening to, quote unquote, fuck Brexit. 
That was actually from February, to be fair, but it still made me laugh. <laughs> Can Real Politic endorse John Landsman for Labour's NEC? Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, we endorse whoever's on the momentum slate for the NEC. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone, um, someone DM'd us a while ago asking us to endorse them for Young Labour Youth Rep slate. I said, sure, um, have you got a copy of the full slate you can send us? And they were like... I'm not on the slate. Oh! I, I'm like, well, have you tried not being a fucking splitter? <laughs> like, that is the Make issue. <laughs> like, you're not helping anyone, even if you have a better pol- you might have better policy positions on a personal level than the momentum candidate. But all you're doing is just splitting the vote so some Blairite knobhead can get in, and um, that's n- that's not really helping anyone, is it? Party politics. Oh, what? There's no point bitching about <laughs> a fucking idiot and a nobody. <laughs> he just seems like some fucking fast cunt that just shouts to himself in the corner. Like, He's just... Milo with even less of an audience. What, and, <laughs> and less of a brain, to be honest. But um, Essentially good. telling him to not be a dick just turned him further to the right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He's such a reactionary. That is pure reaction, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that me just being, like, for a couple of years, just getting really frustrated and being like, could you just not call people, like, fags and stuff? I know South Park did an episode saying that it refers to bikers now, but that's not actually the consensus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's just a bellend, and, like, the fact that he hasn't, like, grown up politically and just dropped all this, like, Milo's not that bad kind of stuff. Oh, just shows how fucking pathetic he is. He followed us yesterday, and I just blocked him. <laughs> Immediate block. <laughs> so, Neville Southall. Big Nev, woke dad of Twitter, hell yeah. Paul Mason fucked it. He went on about Trident <laughs> and NATO too much. Like, yeah. his bad social imperialism. He's fucked being our grumpy dad on Twitter. Instead, we now have... A uh, beautifully sincere, should we say intellectually, politically curious, yeah, socially conscious Twitter dad, yeah, um, <laughs> who is, of course, the former footballer Neville Southall. Big no. <laughs> this birthday just makes me happy. Twitter yeah. is such a shit hole at the minute, and so many things just keep going wrong, and so many like disgusting things are being talked about, and like there's so much discourse about abuse and stuff. But then I just go on mm. Nev's profile, and it's just nice yeah like he's just like a guy that really wants to learn about stuff he's got good politics there's a lot of banter about skeletons (laughs) 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 i tweeted to somebody that as the alan ginsburg oeuvre goes like nev (laughs) thinks towel is all right he doesn't mind the fall of america but (laughs) his favorite stuff is ginsburg's 1996 musical collaboration with paul mccartney philip glass and (laughs) some other famous musician for Ballad of the Skeletons. Um, (laughs) Did you know, by the way, fucking Allen Ginsberg was in Nambla? What? Are you familiar with Nambla? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The North American Man-Boy Love Association. Man-Boy Love, Jesus wet. (laughs) Yeah, Ginsberg was in fucking Nambla. (laughs) I think he campaigned to, like, lower consent laws. Like, he was in many ways the uh, Milo Yiannopoulos of his day. Hey, did you see the fucking trots I started posting links about Nambla the other day? Oh yeah, what party <laughs> was what that? What all trots nonsense? <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> what was the party? The fucking Nambler party? I, I, fucking, I don't even remember. I just tweeted at them to call them nonsense and then blocked them immediately. Because I don't want that fucking <laughs> shit on my timeline, to be honest. No, understandable. On a lighter note, a mutual of mine, but lot. I might be saying that wrong. Recommended our friend Jude at Jude in London too, mm. since she got suspended, uh, as uh, so often seems to happen to people. Black women. Up. Yeah, black <laughs> women, survivors, so many people who are, you know, are really a menace to the discourse on Twitter, unlike poor Tommy Robinson and Julian Assange and all the lads there. Julian Assange, incidentally, just going back to the Harvey Weinstein thing, had the fucking cheek to bitch about quote-unquote fake feminists calling oh, Weinstein me. out. Oh. It's like, get back in your fucking cupboard, you creepy cunt. Yeah. <laughs> get back in your fucking self-imposed exile where you hide from your fucking rape charges you absolute cretin of a man but basically jude got recommended to neville southall as someone who can explain the term cis and our friend your dad wants to fave says that jude is great at explaining that so jude said Mm -hmm. hi nev cis is short for cisgender a term for people whose gender identity matches their sex at birth nev responded So is that male or female, then? I am a bit thick. Why is it not called that? (laughs) Jude said, Because male slash female is about your sex as opposed to gender, which is a human thing. Anything can be male slash female. Cats, dogs, chickens. That's why we have man and woman for gender, but male slash female for sex. Male slash female is biological. Man slash woman is not. Nev said, Shit! No wonder so many people get this stuff wrong. Bit confusing for a knob like me, but clearer now, thanks. (laughs) Jude responded, It's just a matter of being open to learning, Nev, like yourself. And Nev said, which I thought was a really lovely comment, I work in school, so I could really harm a kid if I don't know. It's a bit of a minefield, though. And Jude was like, It is, but there's loads of good literature and people out there willing to help, like at Mermaid Gender, which I think is a pro-trans kids charity. Yeah, yeah, it's a a trans kids charity. They do some really, really good work. And Nev responded, thanks. It should be part of education, though, so people understand and can be more honest. Kids should not have to hide feelings. And then... Yeah, I know. And then Mermaids responded to him and said, We need to educate an open mind so that trans youth can be accepted for who they are. Your support on National Coming Out Day is so timely. And Nev said, Glad I am good for something. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a fucking good guy. He's so pure. Like, oh man. People are saying it's going to be so fucking harrowing when Nev milkshake ducks himself. Fuck off. Nev's not going to milkshake duck. He won't. Come on. Like, ah, come on. But there's like... got to be fucking <laughs> one person that escapes the fucking pixelated boat curse. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't pixelated boat himself. Thanks for unblocking me, by the way. Did but... he unblock you? Yeah, he did, because my friend sent him loads of messages like, fucking unblocker. <laughs> <laughs> so are you and pixelated boat cool again now? Absolutely not. I just wanted to continue sending abuse. <laughs> <laughs> there will be something. 
that he said like 20 years ago that is problematic because times have changed. You know, it's like Owen Smith like, oh, so Jeremy, in 1992, you called this Tory MP a lunatic. <laughs> There's going to be something like that from 20 yeah. years ago. It's yeah. like, you know, our boy Keith Keith. Has yeah, an, yeah. Keith Keith has an unfortunate habit of talking about quote unquote coloured people but yeah. always in a context where he's trying to be anti-racist. Yeah. Keith Keith will go out for a limb for Diane Abbott. That's more than most of a PLP will do. Yeah. But this trans rights debate that Nev has waded so charmingly into is something that's been raging pretty furiously on Twitter over the last week. So what would you say started this? It's hard to put a start point on it because this is some shit that I see happening constantly. My housemate's PhD is on the experiences of trans students in education. So basically exactly what Nev's talking about is the work that he actually does. Mm. So I, I don't know. It's hard to see where it's really started from. But yeah. I guess fucking fucking Helen Lewis, the shit in the fucking New Statesman. It seems to be just the fucking centre, the fucking focus point of all the bad Twitter discourse. It just seems to be whatever shit that Helen Lewis is paying herself to publish. So mm. she wrote a piece that was essentially just continuing a Twitter beef with Owen Jones in the pages of the New Statesman. So what had happened was John Harris had published a piece in The Guardian saying, we need more reports reporting and less comment which is fine but it's a comment <laughs> piece by john yeah. harris which um, <laughs> which, which seemed to cite janan all corbyn supporters are thick as pig shit and george osborne is the absolute boy ganesh as fair and impartial journalism that transcends ideology so owen jones wrote a sort of response piece and he got into an argument with hugo rifkind mm. on twitter about how rifkind whilst coming from a center right perspective is just as ideological as a campaigning journalist like owen jones Helen Lewis joined in, posting Owen Jones's article that he wrote for The Guardian recently about how Richard Leonard is Scottish Labour's last chance. Yeah. Lewis said something to <laughs> the effect of, you know, I would feel really weird writing something like this. And it's like, of course you fucking would. You're to the right of fucking Mussolini. Like, of course you're not going to feel confident endorsing Richard Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> and Owen Jones clapped back in a pretty brutal fashion and said what I think is weird is how your publication repeatedly publishes transphobic writers yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, this started like a backlash that has gone on for days there's a lot of people calling Owen Jones a misogynist yeah um, as a result of that there's just been this massive backlash oh it's, it's just so it's so depressing that when he's so unequivocally in the right you have members of parliament tweeting stuff like there needs to be more light and less heat in the trans debate, but men need to stop lecturing women on their experiences. Yeah. Oh, oh it's so fucking... Of course, Jess Phillips hates trans women. Fucking course she does. This is like the... 
fucking non-surprise of the century. <laughs> hates black women, she hates trans women. I guess she just hates anyone that's not middle-class women like herself. Uh, she's actually working class, Laura, because she has uh, a slight regional oh, accent. Oh, a regional accent, yeah, sorry. I forgot that class is actually just divided along accent lines. Yeah. I, just, uh... I completely forgot. I actually haven't read Capital Volume 3. <laughs> I forgot the entire point of Capital Volume 3 was actually just if you have a regional accent you are working class sorry <laughs> sorry well... I'm trying I, to remove it. Uh, well, I think what you'll find is, uh, Laura, that I, I've, um, I sometimes pronounce uh, northern-style vowels due to my parents' heritage, such as I oh, say, wow. I sometimes I say uh, past or bath, and uh, you know, this <laughs> makes me actually somebody who first went down the coal mines at age fifteen. So, um, you know, that that is how class works. Uh, people have complained that we don't have enough systemic critiques on this show. Um, well, how was that for you then? Yeah. But, Let us but, know. But no, you're absolutely right. Jess Phillips kind of sat on the fence whilst liking tweets such as interesting how any woman who dares to cross a certain left-wing man ends up dealing with a misogynist pylon, uh, mm. which I, I presume was all the women adding Helen Lewis to say, these are the transphobic writers you publish. Yeah. <laughs> and then Caroline Cicado-Perez does the classic trans-exclusionary radical feminist thing of kind of imputing far more violent and misogynistic language upon the person she's critiquing than they would ever actually use. So she says, yeah. doesn't get his hands dirty the bitch learns her lesson nice one it's like yeah I, i'm pretty sure owen jones wouldn't call helen lewis a bitch <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure just because he disagrees with you on transgender rights doesn't mean that he goes around calling women bitches when like i've fallen into arguments with these people before they send these kind of horrifying sexually violent tweets like talking yeah. about uh, oh i suppose you like masturbating over images of rape then it's like that's literally no. like that's, really <laughs> that's literally nothing I could ever conceive of. Like that's fucking like shaken me. Yeah, um, yeah. They're a really nasty kind of cabal, aren't they? Like I, I don't know how to. Well, it's like you were saying about Hollywood. Kind of, there's a, like a, a sort of rape cartel in Hollywood, and uh, yeah. in, in Britain there's a sort of transphobic cartel in uh, that's situated in, itself in mainstream in the media. journalism. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. mainstream centre left journalism yeah. as well yeah 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 another tweet jess phillips liked was by someone called herbie xx whose avi simply says i support jenny murray oh good <laughs> like <laughs> how long ago was it that jenny murray made for transphobic comments months ago <laughs> It's so, it's so bizarre. But this person is blatantly like, oh, I wonder what's motivating them with their I support Jenny Murray avatar. And they say, <laughs> are you mad to Jess Phillips? How would we understand our experiences if men didn't explain them to us? So what? grateful they know better than us what we are. Oh, <laughs> all of this seems like such thinly veiled trans misogyny as well yeah. oh god i'm so depressed by absolutely everything that's happening in the world right <laughs> yeah. now this thing i mean it is kind of confusing because it's like why do all these nominally progressive people give a fuck like why yeah. do they spend so much energy trying to stop 
pe- people being able to identify the way they want. It like doesn't make sense to me at all. Why do you think transphobia is so prevalent in our media, Laura? I don't fucking know. I don't know. It seems like it's the new fucking trendy, acceptable form of bigotry. It just seems to be the kind of bigotry that the media has really latched onto at the minute and is really running with. Not to say that other forms of bigotry aren't also still being spouted by the mainstream media. There is still fucking countless episodes of racism and homophobia and all sorts of bullshit like that. That's still happening, but it seems like there's a really increased proportion of transphobic and specifically transmisogynist hatred mm. just going down. It's I almost always directed at trans understand women, isn't why. it? Almost always, almost always. It's always basically transmisogyny, not transphobia. And I do think that's something that left Twitter could really deal with checking because we talk a lot about transphobia and about TERFs, but at the very root cause, people like Helen Lewis, Glosswitch, all of those people, they hate trans women. They don't really care that much about trans men or non-binary people. Yeah, they're all almost hatred, just erased from the conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The real hatred, the real violence is always directed at trans women. And it's almost disingenuous to try and frame it as a kind of general transphobia because it's really not that it's really targeted yeah yeah i do think that's that's something that we could maybe try a bit harder to understand and to work with when we are criticizing people like helen lewis and glosswitch get them for the fucking trans misogyny don't let them off the hook for the hatred of trans women it's trans women that they want to put in danger and we need to be specific about that but it's almost like they've like built up a wall around themselves where uh, yeah. no matter how unacceptable these views are in you know polite left of center company yeah. um they have carved a little niche where they can spout them constantly and because one or two of them are in editorial positions they can get these pieces published yeah and yeah it's just kind of sickening when there's some kind of trans issue and you see that the article on it in the new statesman is written by sarah ditton yeah 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 you know i saw uh what's her name victoria freeman or something calling us uh yeah the woman hating real Make politics trouble. podcast yeah. yeah yeah her um like who is she yeah yeah i've got what, a fucking the... idea again she's just one of these people that just seems to be like friends with that horrible new statesman crew i saw jane merrick liked that tweet oh, about yeah. us being woman hating so you know no prizes for guessing what jane's views on transgender rights probably are <laughs> yeah. yeah but the yeah. worrying thing is for me that it is this quite clear factional divide actually it really does seem to be that the so-called hard left hard left are more are just more tolerant of trans people and just don't give a shit about excluding somebody from their movement because of like the way they were born whereas the center seem to have decided that this is a good stick to beat the left with and you have uh, you have all these fucking pathetic nerds like you know falcon malteser on twitter yeah 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 just an absolute fucking Impulsive, sad sack of a man. He doesn't give a fuck about women's rights. Probably never even met a woman. He really does not give a shit. And he doesn't give a fuck about fuck SWP either. Like, yeah. this guy's yeah. motivations mm-hmm. are not remotely fucking honourable. He just wants to beat the left constantly because I don't know what happened at one point. Maybe a person on the left said something nasty to him and he's held this bitter resentment ever since then. But it's resulted. This man, this man who has no fucking reason to be involved in trans-exclusionary radical feminism... (laughs) 
yeah. going around spouting these ridiculous, archaic, dated, fucking niche and fringe and frankly prejudiced and repugnant views on trans people. Yeah, if, if the other day he was basically saying that Abby Wilkinson was lecturing women about their experiences. Because, I mean, <laughs> Ab- like, look, Abby doesn't know anything about women's experiences, of course. So, as I've said before on the show, I think, I find the male transphobes and trans misogynists the possibly, like, the slimiest, most repugnant pieces of fucking dirt that I've <laughs> ever encountered in my fucking life. <laughs> ah, sorry, this is a really long point. But what I'm saying is, whilst it is leveraged by the forces of centrist reaction as a stick with which to beat the left, it's yeah. not purely that. There are people on the left who will put aside their contempt for Helen Lewis's type of politics and like her tweets if they're having a go at Owen Jones for defending trans rights. There are these people on the left who will find common cause with these fucking bigots who are reactionary yeah. in every sense because they are united by prejudice. And I think that's disgusting that people are prepared to, like, throw away their factional allegiances. A few months ago, there was a harassment campaign that was waged against me on Twitter because one of the other hosts... <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the other hosts of the show said, drop dead turf scum on Twitter, and then publicly admitted to doing so when there was a backlash from people claiming that was a death threat and i was just harassed by all these people for days who unilaterally decided it was me for some reason and gave me a panic attack at a navara media event i went to this was back in i think about april and i was there and i got out of the event i looked at my phone and i saw that this woman called claire shrugged oh god um, was trying to get me kicked out of my uni um, yeah was, tr- was trying to get me kicked out of the labor party and was uh, apparently contacting the police about me like this is a harassment campaign and yeah they were still quote tweeting when people sent me harassing tweets and I responded stuff like just fuck off just fuck off being just dogpiled by vicious people saying sexually violent things to me trying to get me in institutional trouble they were quoting this and then there was a response from one of them she's collaborated with Tim Minchin before so it's probably (laughs) Tim Minchin with his classic song God isn't real. Ha 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 ha. If you believe in God, then you're a stupid bell end. Ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> I'm clever at height of comedy. I fucking love science. Bleh, 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 bleh. Odds <laughs> on, Tim Minchin actually runs that Facebook page. I fucking love science. <laughs> <laughs> He is a fucking knob and really unfunny. But basically, this person was like, how a left-wing podcast maker, Real Politic, reacts when asked to apologise for telling a woman to die. And apparently that's me, myself, telling women to die for her views on feminism. Knifey Spooner, is that a threat? (laughs) And then they were demanding I apologise. These people just dogpiling me. And this person responded to this screenshot of me in an incredibly vulnerable place. Like, that looks like someone with serious mental health issues. Hope they get the help they need. Why don't you tell them? That person looks like someone with serious mental health issues. What you are doing is wrong. You know, when Zarb Cousins' former struggles with gambling addiction are on the table, like, you know, anything is with these people, it's just disgusting. They really couldn't give a shit about any fucking mental health issue, any 
illness, anything like that, it's fair game to them. Yeah. It's fair game. It's they will use it you, against you. Know? Exactly. It's a weakness and it's a way in. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Fucked. And it's this thing of like, they dogpile you for literally days on end, threatening to get you kicked out of all different institutions you're a part of, demanding you apologise for tweets you didn't send. And then when you snap and swear at them, they use that as evidence of what an abusive piece of shit you are. Yeah. But basically, my long roundabout point was that that pylon against me was started by somebody who I think is on Twitter at Miss Jennifer James and oh, she's a, she in fact was allowed to go to Labour conference as oh, a delegate good, good. yeah as a mm, fucking yeah. delegate and I was told by a source in her constituency Labour party that she and other older leftists have been making younger members trans members feel unwelcome by constantly raising the spectre of the quote unquote trans debate oh, and okay. it's yeah there is yeah. not a debate you recognize people's rights or you fuck off and you join the Tories and the thing with people like Jennifer James is they're not centrists like Helen Lewis. They're not people who defend the Iraq war. They're not yeah. people who think that universal benefits are regressive. They are socialist in most of their policy stances, but yeah. they are willing to find common cause with the most disgusting people for the most disgusting ends. And I think that's what Compliance Unit was created for, really. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a question is, how do people address this so-called debate that's happening at the moment? And how do men and women approach it differently? Because obviously there's a risk that when women say transphobic things and a load of men at them to tell them how disgusting that is, then that does at least appear like a misogynist pylon. So yeah. how should men behave towards these bigots and how should women call them out, I suppose? Is, uh, another question for Laura to field. I don't think that women who say transmisogynist transphobic things should be allowed to hide from criticism under the guise of I'm having misogyny leveled at me. I don't think that's actually an acceptable thing to level back, especially if it's not misogyny, because some of this criticism isn't misogyny. Albeit, yes, some of it is. Some men will jump on the things women say 10 million times harder than they would jump on it when someone like fucking Glinna comes out with it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's totally true. But sometimes it's not that. It's clearly not that. It's somebody who's seen the fact that you're spouting trans misogynist, transphobic shit and is saying, please fucking stop. That's mm. not misogyny. Oh, oh, my brain's having a meltdown about this. <sighs> I, I just wonder how much they think it is misogyny. They don't um, think it's misogyny. They don't think it is. They do you, not. You cannot You really tell think me. it's just cynicism? I honestly think they're just being disingenuous every single fucking time. I wonder if, if you come from that different milieu where it is acceptable to constantly question the right to identify of one of the most vulnerable groups in society whether you do perceive any slight as misogyny quite sincerely I, I think there probably are a few yeah. zealots who do but do you think that the more powerful ones in the movement are kind of cynical and are weaponizing this stuff I mean yeah. it, it does smack of just a willful disregard for the facts for reality oh of course real politic is uh, recording straight from the reality based community <laughs> as Ian Dunn would say <laughs> 
We're big spreaders of fake news. <laughs> That's mainly me, though. Yeah. At least I'm, I'm the one who goes and boasts about it. Yeah, boasting about spreading fake news. I post from my mum's basement in Georgia. Yeah, so it's a depressing debate, isn't it? Just the sort of climate around it that Owen Jones mentioned for a publication which literally has a reputation for being transphobic. Yeah. Um, publishes transphobic articles and the deputy editor of that publication played completely dumb, said, oh, who are these people, Owen? And then later gloated in a piece in her magazine written under the guise of an attack on people erroneously calling others centrists. <laughs> Although, uh, actually, 90% of the article was complaining about people calling her a transphobe. Yeah. Um, that it's a good job for him that he didn't name any of the names of the transphobic writers she publishes at the New Statesman, or it might set the Guardian's legal team back a few pennies. If this huge backlash happens, then people are just going to be less and less willing to speak out, especially men who are not bothered with the trouble of being accused of misogyny. It's a deliberate you know, the, tactic. But the last thing we need is fewer men speaking out on fucking, like, progressive social issues. Okay, maybe not the last thing, but honestly, it's not exactly a multitudinous yeah. <laughs> collection of men doing so already. It's a fucking so state of affairs as it is. If it gets any worse, it's a bit yeah. what the fuck is going to happen? What precedent does this set for the actual vulnerable people in this instance? For yeah. instance, actual transgender people who are watching this unfold? Yeah, I think Caitlin Burns, who is at Transcribe, said it best. And she said that the British media and the British mainstream and our politics and everything has a serious trans misogyny and transphobia problem. It is mm. institutionalised within these fucking facets of our society. David Aronovich has written an article that Sebi Payne has shared. Oh, fuck Super off! <laughs> Superb David Aronovich column on Russia Today and misinformation yeah. in the West. Baffled why so many Corbynites go on I'm it. I'm going to kick the shit out Russia. of Russia. Laura, can you record an interview with Seb Payne on your phone for the show? Oh my god. I th I'll, I'll try. I'll actually try. Try. Yeah, just, try. just a couple Seb of minutes. Payne, come on, real politics. Ask him some searching questions. Oh man, I could get him fucking drunk. I could get him drunk. <laughs> Ask him awful shit. Seb Payne, come on, real politics. Hey, fucking <laughs> private school cunt. <laughs> Get in on the Russia funding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you've been listening to Real Politic with me, Jack, with me, Laura, and with me, Yair, the uh, Jewish guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is your entire identity. Uh, the Jewish American dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Yair, if you got the conclusive Jewish take on that tablet magazine article about harvey weinstein absolutely we are all perverts i'm sorry to say <laughs> oh, um... oh fuck man before we go let me just do a shout out to my fucking colleague rosa who told me the other day that she listens to real politics before she goes to sleep every night <laughs> every oh, night best. oh my god <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs>
actually listens to the podcast, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> but also, like, before she goes to sleep. Just, like, yeah, a load of... Shit a load of... To sleep. Just angry people just yelling about <laughs> slugs and melts. <laughs> and, and my fucking ridiculous shrill-piercing laughter just sending her off to sleep. In yeah, fairness, the... I've been told that I have a very... Right. A very calming, soothing voice. So, you know, that's my provision to the show. Yeah, you have actually so's tom me and laura yeah. are just like yeah. abrasive fucking ballers just got fucking awful voices yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well That's... this has been real politic and you've been listening to real politic and now it's going to no longer be real politic because real politic is finishing just this episode i mean but not the show itself <laughs> <laughs> you can't fucking stop stay. us. <laughs> Remember, oh, with Putin behind us. <laughs> Remember, We've got spread Russia the... on our side. Spread the <laughs> hashtag Daisley Bertha word. <laughs> <laughs> we will not sleep. All of us collectively will not sleep until Daisley publishes his fucking college applications. And the birth certificate would be nice too, to be honest, Stephen. Team effort. I'm sure one of us is always awake. So. We're fucking on. Yeah, probably. Fucking... We do live across several time zones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Real Politcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've got more of the slug salting to come. I'm sure. <laughs> and more movie chat. We know. We know uh, yeah, we, we did we movies. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did briefly mention David Lynch's Lost Highway. Today, <laughs> so. We talked about the film industry, to be fair. Yeah, so, we're right. still a film podcast somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. Like we've got our Harry Dean Stanton episode coming up soon. Anyway, we'll yeah, that, I'm but... psyched for that. And we should talk about Blade Runner, which I'm going to be seeing. Soon. Yeah, I will oh, definitely. Yeah. So I guess we'll play you out with a song from Neville Southall's personal collection. This is from Nambler's own Allen Ginsberg for Ballad of the Skeletons. <laughs> Said the presidential skeleton, I won't sign the bill. Said the speaker's skeleton, yes you will. Said the representative skeleton, I object. Said the Supreme Court skeleton, what do you expect? Buy star bombs, said the upper class skeleton, starve unmarried moms, said the yahoo skeleton, stop dirty art, said the right wing skeleton, forget about your heart. The Gnostic skeleton, the human form's divine. Said the Christian coalition skeleton, no, it's not, it's mine. Said the Buddha skeleton, compassion is wealth. Said the corporate skeleton, it's bad for your health. Said the old Christ skeleton, care for the poor. Said the son of God skeleton, AIDS needs cure. Said the homophobe skeleton, gay folks suck. 
said the heritage policy skeleton blacks are out of luck. Said the macho skeleton, women in their place. Said the fundamentalist skeleton, increase the human race. Said the right to life skeleton, fetus has a soul. Said the pro-choice skeleton, shout it up your hole. Downsized skeleton, robots got my job. Said the tough on crime skeleton, tear gas the mob. Said the governor's skeleton, cut school lunch. Said the mayor's skeleton, eat the budget crunch. Said the neoconservative skeleton, homeless off the streets. Said the free market skeleton, use them up for meat. Said the think tank skeleton, free markets the way. Said the savings and loans skeleton, make the state pay. Said the Chrysler skeleton, pay for you and me. Said the nuke power skeleton, and me and me and me. Said the ecologic skeleton, keep skies blue. Said the multinational skeleton, what's it worth to you? Said the NAFTA skeleton, get rich, free trade. Said the Macchiadora skeleton, sweatshops, low paid. Said the rich GAT skeleton, one world, high tech. Said the underclass skeleton, get it in the neck. Said the World Bank skeleton, cut down your trees. Said the IMF skeleton, buy American cheese. Underdeveloped skeleton, we want rice, said the developed nation's skeleton, set your bones for dice. Said the Ayatollah skeleton, die, writer, die, said Joe Stalin's skeleton, that's no lie, said the Middle Kingdom skeleton, we swallowed Tibet. Said the Dalai Lama skeleton, indigestion's what you get. Said the World Chorus skeleton, that's their fate. Said the USA skeleton, gotta save Kuwait. Said the petrochemical skeleton, roar bombers, roar. Said the psychedelic skeleton, smoke a dinosaur. Said Nancy's skeleton, just say no. Said the Rasta skeleton, blow Nancy, blow. Skeleton, don't smoke pot. 
Said the alcoholic skeleton, let your liver rot. Said the junkie skeleton, can't we get a fix? Said the big brother skeleton, jail the dirty pricks. Said the mirror skeleton, hey, good looking. Said the electric chair skeleton, hey, what's cooking? Skeleton, fuck you in the face. Said the family values skeleton, my family values mace. Said the New York Times skeleton, that's not fit to print. Said the CIA skeleton, can't you take a hint? Believe my lies Said the advertising skeleton Don't get wise Said the media skeleton Believe you me Said the couch potato skeleton What? Me worry? Said the TV skeleton Eat sound bites Said the newscast skeleton That's all, good night It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.